Hello and welcome to A Voice of Hope with Troy Peverall. This show is designed to offer hope for you and your family as you navigate through the struggles of life. We believe that this hope that comes from Jesus can lead you to live a life of victory in Him. I'm Chris Sasser, and today I get to lead us through a conversation about hope. We are glad you're here. Well, hello and welcome to A Voice of Hope with Troy Peverall. Chris Sasser here with Troy, and today we are doing part Really, is part three of Golf and God, part two of the Golf Proverbs. And if you haven't been listening, basically, we're having a conversation around some things that Troy has learned uh, throughout time and, and even really specifically recently in, um, in, in some golf that he has played. Troy loves golf, and uh, I think you're probably really good at it. I've yet to be able to play with you, but I want to do that one day soon. Well, that would be great. Yeah, and I'm sure you're, you're really, really good at it. But, but Troy, tell everybody who, who kind of hadn't had a chance to listen last time, like where this idea of learning things from golf comes from. So back in, uh, gosh, 28 years old, a, uh, a gentleman called me from the Associated Press and decided to uh, get together um, again, <laughs> Chris, you made a joke out of this a couple weeks ago, but got myself, who was a, a uh, Baptist uh, pastor, a priest, Catholic priest, an Episcopalian This minister. is the beginning of a joke, is what this <laughs> <It's> is. right. <laughs> and so he asked us to all go out. He was going to do an article on um, golf and uh, God. And so you can actually go and search uh, the Associated Press, and you'll find that article I believe on the internet, the last time I looked, it was a few years ago. I think the last time I told everybody it was probably on microfish at the time. <laughs> so um, that that was about the time also, though, I had just began to learn the game of golf uh, up in that area. And so there was, a few years later, I went on a breakaway or a personal retreat at the encouragement of uh, a person who was mentoring me to take time away. And the first day was used... Um, you know, to go with the intent of God, speak to my heart, speak to me. And I would go away for two or three days, several times a year. Um, but on the first day I would, you know, he would say, go and have fun, do whatever it is that causes you just to rest. So a lot of t- those times I may take nature walks. Um, but there would be a few times where I would find a course in the area from where I might be staying and just play the game of golf by myself. And so on one of those first occasions, in that my intention for those two or three days were to hear from God, on the course, I would ask God, just you know, speak to me in some way. And he answered that and spoke to me in some way on every hole. And so there going forward, there have been a few times where I've repeated this uh, you know, endeavor to go out and to hear God in a day. Uh, on the course. I'll recap kind of what we talked about last time because you, you gave us eight great kind of lessons mm-hmm. from the game of golf that you had kind of heard recently when you've done one of these breakaways. And mm-hmm. just really quickly, you people, you have to go back and listen to hear all of the context around these. But but uh, on the first hole, uh, sometimes it should just be you and me because it's quiet. So just getting quiet with God. Uh, mm-hmm. Number two, never give up no matter how difficult uh, because sometimes it's difficult in the golf course and in life and just don't ever give up. Uh, number three, whatever the task, don't uh, just take the easy way out. I know I do that on the golf course often. I hope I don't do it in life very often, but anyway. <laughs> uh, whatever mistakes you make, play it from there. Just do your best. Uh, number five, aim at the target. We talked about um, aiming at too many targets or, or not na- aiming at anything. 
uh, last time. Number six, slow down to focus and feel. Number seven, enjoy the journey during the times that you're not enjoying the game. And number eight, I will provide direction. So again, I would encourage you to go back and listen to our last show to hear all of those kind of fleshed out. So Troy, uh, we get to hear some more uh, lessons of life from the game of golf today. Yeah, it's good. There was a, uh, there's a verse that Jesus, you know, said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Again, the listener, again, may not be interested in the game of golf, but we need and have those places of, of time in life where we need to hear from God. Um, and he wants to give rest to us. And so the activity itself needs to be restful. Golf would be restful and is restful to me uh, in many ways if I don't let it get the game itself get a hold of me. And I think it's kind of like life. You know, life should be a place that we live uh, in peace. And there's verses that reference this. Um, he would, you know, he said, my people in, in Isaiah will live in safety, quietly at home, they will be at rest. And so there's an intention that God has for us, his created beings, to wherever it is that we reside, to let to have it be a peaceful and restful place. Because I think life is so crazy at times for all of us, we have, we're, we're in a place where we have to go find that to experience that. And sometimes that is the breakaway. Hey, and, and so one of the things I think is interesting, Troy, is that you, you just said we, we have to kind of go seek that place of rest. Mm-hmm. And it used to be that our home was that place of rest, mm-hmm. right? Like, I mean, I'm thinking about, you know, growing up, I'm thinking about kind of my kids today. I'm thinking about, you know, just life in general. And home was kind of that place of rest. But I, but I wonder if kind of the introduction of the smartphone, the introduction of technology, yeah. Which is incredibly helpful yeah. in our home, but but it 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 really doesn't make our home a place of rest because our minds are always kind of going with you know the checking the mm. news and social media and email and all that stuff. I mean, mm. I, I, it just dawned on me that when you said we have to go find that place of rest, I think that's probably more important than ever, don't you? It is. I mean, but, and here's the thing: is like, unfortunately, like you know, if if my going away to the golf course is my place of rest. I don't believe that's okay. I believe the place of rest should be my home. I think golf, in the cases of the golf proverbs that I have thought through, um, has been a place where I've actually broken away from my home as well, purposefully, not because I wanted to leave and get away, but because I needed that time with just God. And so that's where it began, away from church ministry at the time, away from even my home and my kids for two or three days, and forcing me into a place to hear just from God. It's, it's Jesus going up on to the hill. You know, it's us going to the mountains. It's just getting away to be with just God. Um, but I do think there are, you know, the flip side, a lot of people will retreat to the thing that they love, such as golf or whatever, to get away from their home. And I yeah. don't think that's okay. Yeah. But I do think it does push this issue that if, if God made us, as Isaiah is talking about, to live in safety, and that safety is defined by the quietness of our home, which gives us rest. It's like of all the things that every listener should probably examine, your home needs to be that place. Now, I know that if it's not, there's some work that, that needs to be done, but it's to be fought for. Um, and there, you know, there's a lot of episodes we can do to talk about that. 
So I think the home needs to be that place. Yeah, and, and I'm thinking through um, you know some conversations we've had in the past, and I think something you referenced last time we were together about sometimes you'll work with men and, and kind of talk to them about sort of what's the what do they bring kind of to their home, what do they bring mm-hmm. to their kids, what do they bring to their family, and something that's running through in my brain is something that we've talked about in different ways before, but it's um, how can we as as certainly as a, as a father and a and a husband, but anybody really, I mean, a, a wife, a mother, how can we reduce the pressure at home Ooh. about kind of everything because again and I do come at it you know from a lens of working with kids and teenagers a lot and knowing that 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 they don't always have a place that they can go and rest mm-hmm. because they're so busy right. in their schedules and life and school and academics and so when they come home there's just still pressure to mm-hmm. perform on them and so for me it's just a good reminder mm. to to make home, that place where my kids can live safely and quietly, that I can maybe reduce the pressure in some way, shape, or form to give them that outlet to be able to connect with God. There's two fronts, two ends to that. When you asked that question, like you just, um, you kind of answered it. Like, why is the home not a place of rest? But, but the place that you were referencing is that because the world around us that's our those are the those are the places of stress that we have but those have come into the home right we we have brought them into our home i mean if i have if i go out every day and i'm you know through through the pressures of work the pressures of our society and all that we face that is so overwhelming that i think the norm now is to come back into our home and and have that on us unless we become purposeful that our house is a place of rest and and there we got it's not it's easier said than done but we've got to make the home the place that we rest and that may mean we have to clean house in a certain yeah and, and i think like for me part of the way that that i stay in the world mm-hmm. do not allow my home to be a place of rest is where i feel like oh, i just need to lay down for a minute and take the device and just scroll yeah well, that, that ain't a place of rest. Right. <laughs> That's r- sucking me right back into the world yeah. in a different kind of way. Even though my posture may be laying down, my mind is still still active. It's still active. It's still going, yeah. and it's not kind of this this emotionally quiet place. Yeah. You know, Chris, you said something like about nature the last session, and I was thinking uh, at the at the time you were talking, where this past week there have been a couple times where my wife and I have gone out back in our yard and we've landscaped the yard we're looking at trees and we feel like we're just in nature and i told her i said more than ever and we've been in the same house for 20 years more than ever this is the most peaceful place that i know of right now and i'm so grateful that it's at our home you know and um i think part of the reason it's so peaceful is because again the external world is so not at peace right now. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Well, we're going to get to the next sort of um, set of lessons of life from the game of golf with Troy. But first, we're going to tw- take a quick break. We'll be back on A Voice of Hope. Don't you just love the word renew? It offers a chance to take a look back while holding new possibilities in hand. It's a word that offers healing, but without the bonds of despair, and it seems to point us in a new direction while giving promise to move forward. This is Kim Peverall with A Voice of Hope. 
This ministry has been created to bring encouragement in a relevant, easy conversation. Through insights offered from Troy, Chris, and their guest, it's our desire that you'll become a voice of hope in your walks through life and into your community. Let's change the narrative of the last year and make a plan to choose positive perspective and embrace hope. Practice peace and fight your tendency to become anxious. Instead, pray. Pay attention to new ways to encourage others. Simple steps like these will affect change in your own life and spill over into your community. We invite you to find more resources for hopeful living at agape-counseling.org and equipandencourage.com. Hey, thanks for listening. We are honored to share this journey together. Welcome back to Voice of Hope. Chris Hester and Troy Peverall talking about the golf proverbs. We've already heard a bunch of them. Troy, let's hear the next set of golf proverbs from you. So right before I start these last few holes, applications to life for the listener, um, but yet from the game of golf, um, you asked, you were talking about just the chaos of the world and the devices that we use. So in Mark 631, Jesus said, let's go off at this. He's talking to his disciples. Let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. He said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. Now, this is back in the day when they did not have social media and just the devices that we that you were referring to. So I look at that and I go, okay, there was so much gimme, 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 gimme to Jesus's life. And I think we too are living in a world where there's so much of that as well, um, that all oh, the more so we're going to have to go off. And so again, golf is one of those places for myself. So on the ninth hole, uh, the proverb or the message that I felt that God gave um, was don't cheat and cut corners. <laughs> I know the listeners probably go, well, why are you asking that? Uh, d- does that mean you're cheating? I was going to say, the, the counselor and former <laughs> pastor cheats. Great. Absolutely. <laughs> there have been those times. Um, but I, I, I say that unashamedly because if I said anything otherwise, I would just yeah, be lying. You'd be lying, right? It'd be even worse. Or so would there, it? I don't know. But there have been those times, obviously, that I want to cut corners. I'm playing by myself, you know, and I'm like, it's not that I'm afraid somebody's going to see me. It's because I'm not even playing with anyone. There's just that temptation. I don't like the outcome of how life is going. And so I'm just going to act like that my ball's not really where it should be and just, eh, you know, don't take that stroke. I actually made that putt. So I'm going to write down a five instead of a six because I, I mean, I, I made it. That's right. You know, so. At the same time, you know, don't judge. You know, I can't call out at somebody else that's cheating. If I myself, I'm <laughs> cutting corners in life. But, I, you know, it's a word from the Lord. Don't cut corners. And God has his good intentions for that. Um, the next toll, uh, and I, I, to learn from others, like to watch others and how they play the game. You know, watch the ones that are that seemingly are doing well in life. Um and don't put them on a pedestal. Don't make them your idol. Um, nobody's supposed to take that place but but God himself. But some people do things well. Some people are better golfers. A lot of people are better golfers than I am. I play with a lot of golfers in the league that I'm in that are much better than I am. Um, but watching their mechanics and learning from other people is just good. And I feel like that was a message that biblically can be backed up from the Lord. So the next toll. Uh, if and when you hesitate, 
back up in a way. And I remember in basketball, playing basketball, I would see this, that if I thought too much about this foul shot, um, I, there's a transition that I'm hesitating. And so there's got to be a flow where I just step up and with not thinking so much and just execute. And when I would do that and, and not worry, is this going to be perfect? Is it going to look right? Do all the thinking well before you are getting ready to execute. But when you step up, don't hesitate, hit or do what you're supposed to. But if you do hesitate, back up and wait, calculate, regroup, regroup. Yeah. And then step up and do it. And I think even in the game of golf, that has has helped a lot. Uh, And the next hole, sometimes you just get nothing from your execution. There are going to be times where you hit a bad shot. You're going to not do okay in life because you're not uh, perfect, you know. It's just not going to work out. Yeah, it's just not going to work. Let it just be that. Nothing more. Um, That is the principle of accepting our, you know, our fallibility that we're just not we don't have, we're not perfect and we never will be in this life. Um, and so I think to accept that is probably a whole lot better than refusing that. Um, the next told, don't get mad with yourself, get even. And I thought this was funny when I, when this came to me, because it's also the message of, you know, I can be angry at myself and how I'm playing this game of life, or I can get even, which is you get a second chance here you know, step up and approach it even better and have that kind of confidence. And even in the game of golf, there's going to be a better outcome at some point because you're refusing to let your emotions lead you. When your emotions lead you, more often than not, you'll have an emotional outcome. And so it's better to back up, calculate, and just go in with more of a strength and confidence. Next hole, um, Sometimes it's just time to take a break. I think it goes back to the first one that we shared last episode, um, that we just need that place where it's quiet. We need to stop even in the midst of of the life game that we're in and step away, gather yourself, take a breath, get, get and find nutrition, you know. Can I ask you a question, Troy? Do you think people uh, in this, in kind of the time that we're living in, do you think people are giving themselves permission to sort of take a break? Or do you think we're just kind of plowing through it each and every day? I think I think some, yes, probably do. But I do think more over the last, again, couple of years, um, it's like the pace of life. It's the question you asked the last time when, when I was talking about this. You're like, you had said something like, you know, what if I'm the listener who is – yeah, yeah, that's fine. You can go off and do that. Take those little breakaways. And I think, you know, what What would I say to that person who would say they don't have the time for that? And I think my response to you, I would say, is, is that sad? Because sad in the sense that we were intended and God wants us to be able to um, take that break. And so it's it's built into... God's perfect design for me to rest. In fact, there's a verse that God gives to us and says to you, I have given you rest and you would have none of it, Mm. you know, and and in rest and trust is your strength. And so trusting is the picture of 
God's doing it. Rest is the backing that up. I don't have to try to do this so hard. I love that because what, what, what I'm hearing you say is we have to give ourselves permission to be able to step into this rest and to be okay with taking a break. Yeah. Because we have to do that yeah. to be healthy. I think we're str- we're definitely stronger for it. Um, the other the uh, the next hole um, was the goal isn't to get to the end; it's to play well. Now, if you recognize, like this is actually the fifteenth hole. Yeah, there's a question I'm, I'm going to ask you here in a minute that <laughs> just kind of begs me to ask you, but go ahead. <laughs> um, because at that at that point, you know, I used to my dad and I would go off when I was younger, and he was younger, and. I would be so excited, like, Dad, we're gonna play twenty-seven holes, aren't we? You know, and and he would, uh, he would, he would, we would do that, you know. And so um, I don't know that we ever played thirty-six together, but I certainly was ready. Um, I had a lot more energy. But now, you know, a game of eighteen for me is like that's good. Need a nap. But around thirteen, fourteen, fifteenth hole, I can feel I'm tired. Yes. You know, and I'm just going to get through this. Yes. And so what begins to happen is the game of golf, as well as the game of life, we start to just like, I don't care. We play. It becomes a grind. Just got to get through it. Yeah, just get yeah, through it. Get right. to the end. That's right. And I just think life is like that too sometimes. Um, <laughs> but I, this is what helps me when I'm like that. It's the next shot. It's just that. That's it. If it's to get to the end, I've got to dredge through. But what if it's just that next shot you have, that next decision you have to make? That's all you need to think about. Mm-hmm. I can do that one. So by implementing that shorter goal mentality, um, I actually can can end up playing better as a whole and get to the end. But I have to reduce my thinking yeah. in, that, in that case. I've heard somebody say, just do the next right thing. Yeah. That's it. What's the next right thing? That's yeah. all you have to worry about. Yeah, that's good. So the last one here, and um, this must have been a sixteen hole. I was. That's the question. Is like, well, <laughs> I didn't quit. I promise. Oh, I mean, you. there are eighteen <laughs> holes when you go play golf, you know, and I'm only seeing sixteen life lessons. What's right. going on here? Honestly, I, I looked at the scorecard because I write these little proverbs down on the scorecard, and I was counting on. Wow, I, I don't know where the last two. <laughs> Maybe I, I may have not had them or did not. Right. Um, but God this, didn't speak on two holes. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, right. And he didn't. There would be right. times where he every right. hole, but there were a few 18 holers. But but this was the last one of the day that I actually had written down. Uh, trust in the tools that I've given you, not your own thinking. Um, and I, I, I guess, you know, this probably for the game of golf, it's going to be, um, you know, my dad would, would teach me in golf like this club you know, learn that this club is your 150-yard club. This club is your 220-yard club. You know, this club is, you know, so that club itself with a normal swing and not my effort or my trying to manipulate the club for, you know, for the distance, but just the mechanics and the tool itself and then the trust of the swing um, versus my thinking um, has a purpose. And I think sometimes we forget that we're good at stuff. We have, God has given us skills, not everyone the same. And we can trust that because it's the, they are, those are the tools that God's given us. Yeah. And I can't tell you how many times on a golf course I have thought, you know what, I'm going to take this, 
this nine iron. I'm just going to crush the nine iron yeah. instead of just hitting a normal, regular eight iron. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's exactly what you're talking about. And that, that is so true in life to where I'm going to take this particular skill or this particular idea. I'm just going to go at it, you know, harder than I normally would or in a different mm. way. Kind of, I'm thinking, I'm overthinking it instead mm. of no, just use the right tool in the right situation and you know, yeah. it'll work out. So. That's good, and and even I know this is this is not to sell golf equipment, but there are a, there are a few golf balls even that I've learned um, are just better better golf balls in the sense of distance or spin or whatever it might be, and those things help the game. I think there are things in principles in life um, that we can you know just trust because they're based upon truth, God's truth. That that if we do these things, then they're going to have the outcome yep, that we're right. told. That's all right. Troy, thank you so much for all these lessons of life from the game of golf. Anything kind of you want to say to people kind of closing up this conversation? You know, the verse stands out again, um, you know, just from God's word, because his word obviously is better than any word that I could give, is to take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart. As a result, you will find rest for your souls. Um, you know, it's not that we're not going to have a yoke. A yoke is something that can feel burdensome. But when it's the Lord's yoke upon us, you know, it's going to be the one that he has put upon us. But for what? To teach you. And we can trust him. Why? Because he says that he is humble and gentle at heart. So that to me says that no matter the burden or the difficulty of something I'm putting on you or allowing to be put on you, trust me, because this is who I am. Mm-hmm. I am humble and I am gentle. And what happens when this happens? He gives us rest for our souls. Yeah, that is so good. So good. Well, thanks again for all your wisdom, Troy. One day I do want to play golf with you, but I also want to see one of those scorecards. Like I would next time you, you do yes, it, I will next time you, you do a breakaway, I want to see the scorecard with everything that God That's has good. taught you. Well, I hope you guys have enjoyed today uh, and, and even last week's show as we've kind of talked about these life lessons from the game of golf. Don't forget, go to amione.net to just get a little bit more information about what it means to be a voice of hope. We're glad that you would listen to us today. You're listening to A Voice of Hope. <laughs>